scared. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh my god, keep that in. <laughs> okay, no, no, let's just go. I'm Lauren. Yeah, uh, this is Downstage Left, a theater podcast where we talk a little, laugh a lot, and know nothing. I don't even know anything. Uh, Lauren has never once been like, I, I've said, hi, I'm Karen, and gone, <laughs> wait a minute. So that's that's a new beginning for us. Oh my god. I- <laughs> Lauren, so this is what happened. We, offline, know. we were talking about, um, I'm eating a Pop-Tart. <laughs> And it is toasted perfectly. So Lauren complimented my toaster. And then I said, we are officially old ass women because we're like, how's your toaster toast? Not good. Oh, your toaster oven's not good. Great. So just a thing to look forward to young listeners. Yeah. I I'm I just don't know what's happening right now. Um, Lauren, I, what are we going to talk about today? I have something I need to share with y'all first oh, before sure. we dive into anything else. So we got a message on SoundCloud, and this is uh. This is going to piggyback off of the high school stories episode. And if you remember, um, there is a, there was a story in that episode about a young middle school student who goes by the name Harold. And um, Harold is a student who, and she like bought a Halloween mask and was like terrorizing her middle school teacher who... Just go back and listen to yeah, the episode. Who is me? It's me. The teacher is me. So uh, we got an... an email on SoundCloud from a user who calls themselves Harold Lover 200. (laughs) Amazing. Um, She says, they say, I'm sorry. Hey guys, I have a story to share about my drama teacher. So here it is. Spoiler alert. This drama teacher is also me. Um, For our play that we were doing, we were going to dump a bucket of water on a super cool student's head. Okay. Uh, But our teacher did not want to get the stage all that wet. So she brought a towel from her home to help with the mess. I did that. Um, then two, a few days ago, I went backstage and saw that the towel was still there. I was very concerned because our play was, in all caps, two months ago. <laughs> and I don't think it was cleaned. Sure. <laughs> that towel was for her dogs, and I feel that they miss it very much. What are your opinions on this? L- signed, the janitor. <laughs> so well, the student... <laughs> Your dogs. Uh, no, no, no. We've got multiple dog towels at our home. But of um, course. But this one we brought in, and I did. I kind of draped it over a thing and was like, we got to let this dry out before I put it in my backpack and take it home with me. Um, and so I did. And then you're right. I did forget about it. Um, but I love that this student is calling themselves the janitor because this this is a kid that was, like, in between scenes, like, mopping up the water and, like, running across Amazing, the stage honestly. with a sweep. Like, it's just, it's so funny. So the fact that, yeah, this is happening. Thanks, Mabel. Uh, appreciate appreciate your yeah, your continued support. Thank you. Thank you for finding us on oh, SoundCloud. Oh, my God. A thing that I wasn't even sure we got messages I, on. Listen, so amazing. I don't know how any of these kids know how to use SoundCloud. Like, there's a bunch of comments on that high school episode that from, from the kids that were in my, like, oh, room. Amazing. Yeah. So there's that. It's great. Um, my job is wonderful. I just need everyone to know, like, I love you guys. Um, that's all. <laughs> and you're right. I am going to take that towel home. And, I like, like my high school kids okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love um, Yeah. Yep. So there's... Just, I just felt like that was important to share. What are your opinions on this, Karen? You, <laughs> I mean, take that home. <laughs> take it home. It's dry now. You can bring it home to Not your only home. is it dry, it's maybe crunchy. Sure, <laughs> it's I was going to say, I'm gonna see, depending on what you were... Just yeah. water, but like the well, stage itself is like gross. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it's a middle school cafeteria stage, so it's not clean. Cool. Um, and it's, it's definitely it was like really gross. And like the water, after we wrung it out, the water was like definitely brown. Disgusting. I'm going to go ahead and say, everybody get a cinnamon brown sugar pop tart. <laughs> I, 
Karen tried a cinnamon brown sugar pop tart for the first time today, and I think it's changed her whole life. I don't it's know. very good. It tastes like a cinnamon roll, but it has some crunchiness to it, which is delightful. Oh, that um, looks very good. Sure, we're all over the place today. We don't know what's happening. Um, so, Lauren, what are we going to talk about? Am I going to talk about the thing I brought? Was that what we decided? I can cut this part out. What? So is it my deep dive? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. That's why I. <laughs> that's why I stopped when at the beginning of the episode. I was like, wait a minute. I don't know what's happening. It is my deep dive. Okay. Um. Sure. So we are going to talk today, Karen, about. <laughs> are you sure? I don't know. Oh my god. I'm not sure. We don't know anything. We're going to talk. This is what happens when you go to record a podcast in which one of you. <clears throat> sure, my voice is still shot. In which one of you has a show. Hell week, and the other one is just dealing with a hell of a week. It's just so, been such a hard week. <laughs> so I'm now it. just like slap happy, and I don't know anything about anything. It's gonna be okay. It's everything is fine. So um, we're gonna talk today about a musical that I have never seen, and I don't think a lot of people have seen it because it closed um, pretty early. And it's, it's a miracle it even opened. I, a, I mean, truly, yes. It's called Spider Man. Turn off the dark. Um, and I think it's timely because, like, semi-recently, uh, there has been a new Spider-Man film that has been released um, in the last six months or so that everyone was very excited to see. F yeah. So here's here's what I'm going to... I'm going to preface my deep dive here and say I was not, like, a, a Spider-Man comic fan, necessarily. Sure. Um, which is fine. You just, like, when I was growing up, I was not, like, a comic book. Like, no one thought to say, hey, you might like these comic books. I would have, but no one was, like, here, give, like, read these. Um, so... Well, this is a fun time in which uh, my place of work maybe helps me with this. But um, comics have had, like, they come in, they kind of go in waves where, like, people who are true comic book people obviously are, like, kind of continuing. But I think that for the general public, it's, like, kind of in and out of, like, popularity of, and it kind of, we see now, it kind of ebbs and flows with, like, popularity of movies Mm -hmm. and there's always a little resurgence when, like, right now, I'm sure Batman comics are, I don't, they uh, are, yeah. are surging because of that movie, so, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, anyway. Yeah, so I wasn't a comic book fan. I had, I had seen, like, the Spider-Man films, like, in my periphery for several years. Who, who is your favorite <laughs> Spider-Man? Uh, Andrew Garfield. Which I believe is probably ooh interesting. Yeah, not say. it's unpopular opinion. I think I don't know. I well, he kind of got chipped out of that third movie and whatever. Yes, he did. Um, I I do think Tom Holland is is correctly cast and he's been the he's best. Great. Yeah. Uh, I grew up with the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Oh, like that was when my like high school college that. times. Yeah. Um, no, thank you. No, I, I think Tobey Maguire is like probably a really nice person and like whatever. I think he looks like a potato. He does look like a potato. Not only does he look like a potato, he has dead eyes that Here's are also crazy. Uh, I will What's post this on our that? socials with this one, but I have a split screen of a potato and Tobey Maguire <laughs> that I've been posting for years, and I will try to find that and make sure we put that on the socials so you can do get it. Sense. So here's the thing. So when I. <clears throat> In December, I got my COVID booster, like, the first day of my br- winter break, which was, like, a choice, but fine. Sure. Right? So I got my COVID booster, and I knew that I was going to be down for, like, a day. Like, I just knew it. And my friends all wanted to go see the new Spider-Man film, like, the next day. So I was like, okay, here's my plan. I'm going to watch them all. And so I started <laughs> – I, I watched, like, 16 hour, sure, hours of Spider-Man content. a choice. It was – it was wild. And, you know, when you're, like, kind of fevery, you're also like, what's happening? So I watched uh, all three Tobey Maguire, like, in order. All sure. three Tobey Maguires, the two Andrew Garfields, the Tom Holland series, and I was, like, 
okay, I'm caught up. I'm educated. I had a fever dream about Doc Ock that night. Like, it was fine. Sure, you had (laughs) COVID stuff raging through you, really helping you guys. It was a weird choice, and I will never forget it. Um, But that's so I'm like very well versed in these films now. I have strong opinions about Andrew Garfield, and um, I love him the most. Um, And now we know he is like a fantastic vocalist. And I, I have, I know that. Andrew Garfield has a theater background. We know that Tom Holland has a theater background. Yep. He started in Billy Elliot. And I feel like you have to in order to play Spider-Man effectively because of the acrobatics involved. Sure. Which I think is cool. Sure. So. Tom Holland does a lot of his own flips and mm-hmm. stunts and stuff. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, that's where I'm going to like preface this. So if there's like you know a name of a character I'm not like familiar with, that don't come for me, internet. I realize like comic book fans sometimes like are very... Sure. Aggressive. Yeah, but so. we're talking about the musical, which was plagued by its own terrible time, so oh boy. we maybe don't count it. Sure, here we go. So I'm just going to like dive right in, and then we're going to talk a little bit about like all the crazy stuff that happened with this musical, sure. like, maybe after we talk about the plot. Okay. Um, so, Act 1. As the curtain rises, New York City is burning, and the song is called Splash Page. Um, Mary Jane Watson is seen suspended from the Brooklyn Bridge, and Spider-Man is running to save her. He is too late, and the Green Goblin, as depicted as... Oh, I should mention. Oh, I should have started sure. this. I'm going to read the synopsis of version synopsis of version yep. one. Um, this is the original version. There is a second synopsis on the Wikipedia page, which you are welcome to like peruse at your leisure. But I wanted to go to well, the OG. This is like one of those things where maybe we do have to talk about all the things that happen prior to it, if only because here's the reason why there's a version one and a version two. Mm. Spider Man. Turn turn off the night. Turn off the dark. Um, is had one of is the uh, recorded as having the longest period of previews. Mm, at, yeah. I think one hundred and eighty two. Yeah. Um, and it, the reason why is it just have kept having to get retooled and retooled and retooled. So there are two versions because there's the original version that was kind of done, and then uh, they like shut down production for a month. Yeah, and then retooled it. it. Brought in honestly like different creative, uh, and then kept going. Um, and, and so there's, a, it's, it's an interesting time, but uh, the only thing I'll say is, and then get into it. Yeah. The music is by Bono and the edge. Oh yeah. Yeah. I fame. That. Yeah. Um, which I have feelings about that, but, uh, not the first sort of composers in that way to come to Broadway. Elton John has been on Broadway for a number of years with many things. Um, Duncan Sheik obviously wrote Spring Awakening and some other stuff. Sarah Bareilles sort of more contemporarily. Yeah. Um, so Big name composers and kind of rock people and like stuff, not not a stranger to it. But I think potentially this is maybe one of the least successful oh, 100%. versions of yeah. that, where you know a rough time. Anyway, yeah. Um. So yeah. So this I am. I've gone to the OG version before sure. it was retooled for all this stuff. Love so it. I'm gonna start again. Um. As the curtain rises, New York City is burning in a song called Splash Page. Uh, Mary Jane Watson is suspended from the Brooklyn Bridge, and Spider-Man is running to save her. He is too uh, late. Oh, yeah. you, Well, sorry. No, only because we kind of, I, I interrupted you, but it's it's fun to note that the Green Goblin is depicted as a comic book cutout. Yeah, that's one of the things I was like literally about to say is, like, he's too late, so Green Goblin, the comic book cutout, slashes the rope. And, sure. <laughs> like, he's, what I, I gotta be, like, it's just a cardboard, I think. It is, like, the Green I, Goblin. for sure. Hilarious. Um, so he slashes the rope, Mary Jane falls, and Spider-Man leaps and is tethered, frozen in a comic book panel snapshot. Sure. In the present, uh, now we, like, flash forward somewhere, call, uh, this group called the Geek Chorus. Sure. 
Um, yeah, I hate it too. And it keeps coming back in this. Sure. So we're really got to dive in on this. Um, the geek chorus is made up of Miss Arrow, Jimmy Six, Professor Cobwell, and Grim Hunter. Sure. So these are all like from the comic book, but like deep dives of the comic book. I say, they're I not really, they're not really characters we kind of know now. So yeah. anyway. Um, and uh, yeah. So they are in the process of quote writing the most extreme and ultimate Spider-Man story. Great. That's already stupid. Miss Arrow contends that Peter Parker isn't actually the first person to become a spider, and she begins to tell the story of Arachne uh, in a song called Behold and Wonder. Arachne was a great, uh, an ancient Greek weaver who challenged Athena, the goddess of weaving, uh, to a duel. Was Athena the goddess of weaving? Um, well, she was the goddess of like the hunt and like, yeah, force that's and what stuff, I was so like. True. I associate her more with hunting and stuff. Anyway, yeah. um, Arachne wove a blast wove blasphemous images into her tapestry to mock the gods and won, but was punished for her hubris by Athena, who destroyed her work. The distraught Arachne hanged herself last arc, and Athena, feeling guilty, transformed her into the world's first spider, doomed to weave shadows Um, forever. You know what's an interesting thing, is to be doing a show called Spider-Man, and then depart immediately... From Spider-Man. And let's go to, uh, let's and go go to, to the Greeks. Greek mythology. Yeah. Which here's what I'm going to tell you. Sounds like an, an interesting freaking musical. I would watch that musical. Sure. Probably more um, than I watch Spider-Man the musical. But you know what's weird is that's a big old chunk of that synopsis in which where's Peter Parker? Where's Mary Jane? And why is it relevant? Like that's the thing. Right. I, it doesn't feel, based on what I know about the rest of the story, yep. it doesn't feel like it's that. I'm just saying a choice. Yeah. Um, sure. So anyway, um, in Queens High School. Peter Parker is presenting an oral report on Arachne. So that's the connection, I guess, to Peter Parker. But I Great. feels a little loose. His questions prompt the teacher to an, assign the entire class a 10-page report, which they must work on over the weekend. That's not how school works. That's not it. That's not how that goes. Sure. Also, a real quick way to hate somebody. What in the... Okay. That's not how school works. Just, if I did that in my class, the parents would riot. And sure. so would the kids. And they'd sure. be like, I'm sorry, What? As revenge, his ex-best friend Flash Thompson and the other bullies at school begin to physically and verbally abuse Peter in a song called Bullying by Numbers. Cool. I love that title. So just to recap, everybody, (laughs) this show so far has had nothing about Spider-Man, a a cardboard cutout, and then a song about bullying. Bullying? Sure, I want to listen to that. In which literally the word... Because here's the thing. Lots of shows have songs like this. We talked about this when I did Honk. There's like kind of one that they make fun of the ugly duckling. Oh, it's called Look at Him. It's Look at Him. Yeah. But it's not, like, they're not like, let's bully him, bully, bully. Like, they yeah. don't sing a song in that way, so a choice. Because <laughs> here's the, the other part about it, too, is, like, kids that are bullies sometimes don't understand that they're bullies. Correct. They think that they're doing correct things sure. somehow. And well, I'm like, it's Do you fun see to sing a song mean? about it. Sure. Anyway, um, they're just not that self-aware. Um, anyway, so Peter walks home alone until he runs into his next door neighbor, Crush, and Flash's girlfriend, Mary Jane. She's got a lot of titles on that one. Sure. Um, they go into their separate homes and argue with their guardians. Mary Jane's father tries to beat her, which is in the first movie, I think, right? It He's is. like mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Um, and then Peter feels that his uncle Ben is trying to replace his dead father. I see, I don't like this because in yeah. every every Peter Parker story I've ever seen, there's never been tension between him and Uncle Ben. They're sure. Just like, he loves, happy to be well, there. Well, he loves him. He loves his they aunt love May. each other. Yeah. Like, whatever. Um, Peter's been living with Uncle Ben and Aunt May ever since his parents died. Both teenagers long for escape in a song called No More. Sure. This is a great song. Okay. But in a way where... Not in context of this show, I think. Sure. It's one of those things where, like, hey, we have this really good song. Yeah. What can we kind create of. here? Yeah. 
Um, the next day, the class goes on a field trip to the laboratory of Dr. Norman Osborn, who is something of a scientist himself, I have heard. Um, and is performing... Gen- Sorry, that's not in the synopsis. That's sure. just my own dumbass. Yeah, I was like, uh, <laughs> listeners, that's... Here's the expected Karen to, like, chuckle. Didn't she nope. just, like, took a sip of tea and was nope. like, I'm done. Sure. <laughs> so that's uh, my bad, I guess. Um, he is performing genetic experiments, which involve splicing different gene traits from animals together. Good choices. He explains the need to speed up evolution in a song called DIY World. <laughs> I'm sorry for the cool. song title. No. What the fuck? <laughs> this, this is... I mean, listen. I can't. It's so weird. Well, as we've discussed on this show many times, song titles are like a fun choice, but like these are... This is some kind of next level. Yeah, I don't know. World. It's no Gustav Gustav. It's, anyway. No. Gustav Gustav will be like the OG goat of stupid ass song titles, but here we go. It's my favorite. Um, to make a world more per- the more perfect place, uh, he shows off his prime specimen, a large female spider. Unfortunately, the spider is missing. It turns up moments later and be- bites Peter. Moments. I feel like if this in my head is like, here's the cage, and then a second later, the well, spider's there, and it's okay. like... So basically, chomp, so chomp. far, what we've seen is this plot... Is basically the first Tobey Maguire movie. That's that's what I have been like. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of the first act is sure. Tobey Maguire, ta-da. Which is like a lot of content to cram into one act of a musical where you have to stop to sing uh, stuff. Well, and also, well, this is the whole, th- I mean, here's the thing. This is why I probably got retooled. And like, again, yeah. uh, I have not read the second version, but I'm assuming they cleaned some of this up. But um, this is maybe where you like abandon your Greek mythology piece and well, we have to have it. the geek chorus well and you just get into it so anyway we're, we're back to the geek so anyway chorus. uh yeah it bites peter uh the action is interrupted again but here they are the geek chorus who argue over why peter was bitten some believe it was fate some believe the spider chose him and some believe he was simply in the spider's path who cares he got bitten move on that's all yeah. i'm trying to say I sorry agree. geek chorus y'all are dumb Back in the story, Peter discovers that his new spider... Oh, sorry. He discovers his new spider powers and uses his newfound agility and strength to give him a beat. Sorry. To give a beating back to the bullies. Sure, so I'm a, sorry. I'm a <laughs> bad lesson here. Um, the lesson is if you get bullied, you should retaliate. Yeah. That's not the um, That but feels fine. misplaced. But the song is called Bouncing Off the Walls. Cool. It's amazing. Unfortunately, his new powers don't impress Mary Jane, who drives off with Flash in his new car. Peter believes that if he can afford a car, then he'll be able to earn Mary Jane's love. Also a bad lesson, Ooh, you guys. sure. So, I was just going to say, <laughs> also a bad whoever lesson. Whoever wrote this show doesn't understand how, like, we should be teaching our children, but sure, we're going to cool. move on. Um, <clears throat> he enters an amateur wrestling contest and defeats the champion Bonesaw McGraw for the $1,000 prize. On his way home, he sees Flash going into Mary Jane's house. Soon after, someone steals his new car, but Peter refuses to stop him. Uncle Ben sees the thief and runs after him, only to be killed by the speeding motorist. Uh, Ashamed of his recent selfishness and powerlessness to save his uncle, Peter goes into his room to grieve. Um, This Also, like this wrestling thing, very similar to the movie. Sure, first one. That's the very first movie. We're basically (laughs) just reliving the Tobey Maguire movie. Yes. Um, Except for this part. Arachne sees him, this spider lady, uh, and shares his pain in a song called Rise Above. You get it? Because they're spiders and they climb on stuff. Sure. Um, Then he, she gives him a costume. So she, sure, this magic demigod spider thing gives her, gives him a costume. What a, what a time. Sure. Better than him making his own, I guess. 
That's true. The, the, the ghetto ass costume that he made yeah. <laughs> in the first well, Tobey Maguire movie is like true. wild. Um, so anyway, she gives him a costume. Peter copes with his uncle's death by swinging through the city, breaking up crimes as Spider-Man. And the song is called NY Debut. New York Debut? I don't know what they sure. sing. It's New York, yeah. It's great. I don't know if they sing, like, the words New York or if they sing, like, NY. NY. You know what I mean? Like, I sure, it's wouldn't dumb. put it past yeah, We can them. agree it's dumb. Stupid. Uh, the edi- editor of the Daily Bugle, J. Jonah Jameson, thinks Spider-Man is a menace and offers cash to whoever can get pictures of him. Peter takes the job as Spider-Man's personal photographer. So he's the same thing. I will say, of the original series, uh, movie series, J. Jonah Jameson, uh, my favorite. Sure, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons is like amazing and hilarious, and I love him. Um, so there's that. Back at the laboratory, the U.S. military tries to convince Osborne to speed up his experiments and create new genes to be spliced into people so that they can be used as fighting machines in war times. And the song is called Pull the Trigger. Sure. That's, um, what's it? Oh, 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 oh uh, that's Captain America. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> it's also Marvel. It's fine. They're trying their best. I'm just saying. Keep going. Uh, Marvel sponsored this. They literally were like, let's make it up. He was like, oh. Yeah. So anyway, Osborne decides that he will try a new experiment on himself first with the help of his wife. Meanwhile, MJ is impressed by Peter's new status at the Daily Bugle, and the two discuss their plans after high school. Cool. What a shallow bitch. Anyway, yes! keep going. She's the worst. She also, like, again, Kirsten Dunst, terrible. She's so bad. Well, it's not so the bad. best Mary Jane. No. Uh, obviously, bad. Andrew Garfield's one, no Mary Jane. Well, they set up a Mary Jane. Kind of, and but... They but, set up for it. Right. And then it, but didn't, then it didn't happen. Um, um, my understanding, based on my uh, husband's knowledge of the comics, is that, like, Gwen Stacy was supposed to have come first. Correct. And then Mary Jane. So that's I correct. think that's what they were trying to do with yep. that. And then they were just like, just kidding, no movie there. That is correct. Some bullshit. Okay. Um, yeah, so Mary Jane sucks. And, uh, they discuss their plans after high school. Mary Jane wants to become an actress, and Peter wants to become a photographer. Sure, that's not right, though. Mm. Uh, Peter always wants to be science. Like, he always yeah. wants to be a scientist. So. He was a scientist. Cool. Dumb. They flirt while Osborne and his wife prepare the gene splicer for his new experiment in a song called Picture This. I, okay. The machine goes haywire, and Osborne's wife is killed. Ooh, that's not something that was in the movie, was it? No. No. I kind of, I mean, I don't hate um, that, like, arc for well, him as the Green the Goblin, but. Um, so many people dead in this movie. Already. In this, this show. Yeah. Uh, in a way where, sure, lots of Broadway shows have deaths. Mm-hmm. I'm doing right one right now. Yeah. But it's, this feels like a lot. Like, you would be bringing your kid to this, potentially, because it's called Spider-Man. Well, and, like, here's the thing about it, too, that I, I was thinking about. We talked about this a lot in some recent episodes where you see something tragic happen on stage. Right. And it's different than seeing it in a movie because it's, like, real human people in the same room with you. Right. And I feel like Spider-Man, like, the reason, part of the reason why I feel like this musical didn't quite work is because Spider-Man's meant to be on a screen. I don't like, Yeah. I don't think that you're supposed to see him in real life. I don't think you're supposed to see this many deaths in a row and, and still yep. like, think that it's a happy movie. You know what I mean? I also think probably some of the stunts, I mean, we know that there were a lot of safety concerns with this, sure. but I think the stunts were just not impressive enough to rival the Spider-Man films. So like, yeah, that's a well, big part of it. That's it. Um, so yeah. anyway. Anyway, keep going. Osborne's wife is killed and he is transformed into the Green Goblin. Uh which, if you, like, know the story, that's what happens. Um, to avenge his wife's death, Osborne murders the lab techs and takes military men hostage. That's extreme, dude. Sure. 
Gotta calm down. Spider-Man intervenes and saves them, but Osborn knows it is Peter uh, because it was his spider that bit Peter. So the Green Goblin captures MJ and tells Spider-Man to meet him at the, at the top of the Chrysler building. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, via a piano solo called I'll Take Manhattan. <laughs> and he sings and plays the piano. Sure. I guess I just had this image of like this <sighs> like great like cartoon ass Green Goblin from the first movie well, in like a tuxedo and like tails just, like flapping. This thing. is just dumb. Sure, we've entered into a territory in which you were telling me about a musical <laughs> that I have not seen that I know about. I know source material. Oh shit! But this is dumb. This, this is, is so the stupid. dumbest thing. No, like just like hear me out, right? He's the Green Goblin and he's wearing the dumb costume from the first movie, and he like he's got pant like a tux with tails, and he like flaps no, the tails oh, no, back I, and sits buddy, on the bench. I got it. Like cracks I'm not. Knuckles. I'm not. I'm not not understanding. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Even. You know that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So anyway, he sings the piano solo song. Uh, Spider Man accepts the challenge, and they battle. The geek chorus. I hate that. The geek chorus interrupts, wondering how they can get Spider Man to defeat his foe. They decide that MJ has been attached to the piano, and the Green Goblin pushes it over the side. He gets caught in it and falls to his death. While Spider Man saves MJ and he brings her down, they kiss. And she asks who he is. He responds, I'm your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, and swings away. An image of Arachne is barely a visible, visible above them. Okay. Why is she there? Well, here's the thing. I can't believe that was just the end of Act that 1. That was Act 1, which is literally like, that was essentially... Um, do you know what's also interesting? I feel like they sing two times. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of... Like, there doesn't feel like a lot of songs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, normally... <laughs> normally, musicals have songs it um yeah no this is dumb and we should just keep going so that we can talk about why this was such a problematic show and then yeah so anyway yeah. that's like the first anyway uh so then act two starts the geek chorus enters they're back and informs the audience that spider-man has defeated his ultimate enemy so their story is complete Miss Arrow is convinced that they are not finished because spider-man's real ultimate enemy should be unbeatable so they introduce several villains, which Spider-Man dispatches. Carnage, Swarm, Craven the Hunter, Electro, and the Lizard, and Swiss Miss, who Miss Arrow invents on the spot. Sure, Swiss Miss, I believe, is the mascot to uh, Hot Chocolate. That's what I was going to say. So. Like, what? So that's not from the, is that from the comic book? Can't be, right? No, that's, I don't think so. That's a new no. weird-ass villain. That, Correct. All right, that's dumb. Um, throughout this supervillain parade, we also learn that Peter and MJ have formed a relationship. A lot happened during intermission, you guys. Sure. A lot happened. You know what? All the great musicals are, have a thing where you don't see any of the action. Yeah. But they just tell you about it, and it happens offstage. Obviously. Cool. Um, with all these villains afoot, Peter is exhausted and not paying much attention to her or anyone else in his life. In a song called Spider-Man Rising. Gross. Mm-hmm. As Peter sleeps... One night, Arachne invades his dreams. I don't know why this bitch is in the show, but sure. whatever. She realizes that she will no longer be alone, and there is another spider to share her darkness in the song called Turn Off the Dark. That's the song. She weaves illusions in his mind, and Peter can't tell the difference between dreams and reality when he wakes. MJ becomes fed up with Peter's consistent lateness. Constant? Sure. There's the same! <laughs> Consistent and constant are the same thing. Well. This, uh, man. Sure, I'm reading try- is hard. Keep I'm trying going. my best. It's Saturday. Um, and disregard for her. Um, 
after he does not show up to her new play and song called sure. Walk Away. Now I think we're into the second movie. This is the second movie. Yeah. Yep. Um, that night, he decides to abandon Spider-Man forever. This is the second movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the Daily Bugle finds Peter's suit in the trash and runs a headline about Spider-Man disappearing. Arachne reads this and becomes enraged, and she sings a song called Think Again. She devises a plan to bring Spider-Man back. Wait a minute. Isn't, didn't she want him to go away because she didn't want to share the darkness? No, no, no. She wanted to share. Now she has someone to share the darkness with. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Well, then why did she, why did she do the, Ill, whatever. Why did she do the thing with the dreams? I don't get it. No, that that's because she wanted to weave him into her world. Sure. Thank you for understanding this because I don't. Sure. I got it. <laughs> I don't understand what's going it. on. Okay, okay. I'm back. Um. So anyway, Arachne's there. She's upset. Um, she finds the thing in the trash. I've lost my place. She devises a plan to bring Spider-Man back. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and having all of his former enemies descend on the city at once. The Geek Chorus interrupts, citing the fact that they are all dead. Uh, Arachne's furies take over the script writing and scare the chorus away. What in the world? Okay, well, see, this is where they've painted themselves in a, in a corner. Yeah. And if you look at the second version, there is no Geek Chorus because... It is a silly time. Yes. Essentially, the geek chorus is writing this story yeah. of Peter. But they also have written the story about Arachne. So the fact that Arachne now converges on their reality is weird, not plausible and makes no sense. Yeah. So you're like, either it is a thing that exists and she all along was like helping them write the story or whatever. But to be like, all of a sudden, these two realities have converged is a is a weak sauce plot point and honestly probably very fucking confusing. It, yeah, it, I like I said, I was confused. Um, Peter, no longer bound by Spider-Man's commitments, uh, enjoys a night out dancing with MJ. Suddenly, the power goes out, and then the walls of the club come alive with the image of the Green Goblin, apparently alive and wreaking havoc. The villains destroy the city piece by piece, and yet Spider-Man does not appear. And the song is called Sinisterio. Yep. Cool. <clears throat> Arachne is upset that Spider-Man has not taken her bait, and she visits him in another dream, uh, in which the two of them <laughs> what? get married. What in the actual world is this? <laughs> All right. When that doesn't work, sure, doesn't work, uh, she uses a headline in the Daily Bugle about 50 stolen pairs of shoes. What the fuck? To weasel her way into the office of J. Jonah Jameson. Her furies steal the shoes for themselves and descend upon Jameson in a song called Deeply Furious. Okay. Fine. That's fine. No, this is nothing. I don't understand. Like, in a way where Spider-Man... This is what's confusing. Spider-Man has a rich history of stories. Yeah. Like, the source material for Spider-Man is pretty great in terms of, like, the comics and da 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 And y'all chose this. But to integrate a character that has nothing to do with it and then make her kind of... Apparently very A important. main, like, integral part of this musical? Uh, dumb. Yeah. Just dumb. It's dumb. Arachne convinces him to run a headline pronouncing Spider-Man a needed hero. And he does. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson, that is. After the blackout and its intimacy. What? After enjoying oh, the blackout and its intimacy. Sure, I skipped that word. Okay, so after enjoying the blackout and its intimacy, Peter and MJ come to a standstill. Because of the dreams and the need for Spider-Man, Peter doesn't think he can be good enough for MJ anymore. She assures him that all he that he is all she needs in the world. And the song is called If the World Should End. I think I've heard sure, this one. This one's a good one. Too. Yeah, that one's not bad. Um, 
Peter realizes that MJ, if MJ loves him, then he can go back to being Spider-Man. He finds his inner hero and vanquishes the Sinister Six in a song called The Boy Falls from the Sky. Cool. Arachne kidnaps Mary Jane, and the Geek Chorus appears once again. Man, she already got rid of them. Whatever. The Geek Chorus comes back. They argue about who Spider-Man's true nemesis is and the one that he can never beat, with some thinking it must be MJ. Well, that's dumb. Miss Arrow assures them that it is Arachne, as Arachne has trapped Peter in her giant web. MJ is suspended in a cocoon and will die unless Peter pledges to be with Arachne in to share her darkness forever in a song called Love Me or Kill Me. Well, once yeah, again, this toxic. is confusing because why is the Greek chorus back telling the story? Yep. Is, are they either, can, can Arachne interact with them or can they not? Like, this is dumb. No, it's weird. And also, like, my understanding is the character of Arachne is old has been around longer than peter parker by like a lot because she's ancient greek whatever okay i'm I'm thinking too hard about it i think uh they fight and eventually peter agrees to be with arachne if it means saving mj arachne has had a change of heart that's quick realizing that there is still humanity left in the curse of the spider and spares mj's life arachne spares peter a life with her as she knows it will um he will always love mj and will never truly be hers. But in realizing his humanity, she has found her own and released and is released of her burden of darkness in the shadows. First of all, listen, whoever wrote this, that's a big-ass run-on sentence that was sure. really hard to read. Um, Peter watches as Arachne ascends into the heavens by the same piece of thread she used to take her life. Um, and with his suit at the Daily Bugle, MJ sees Peter and finally realizes his... She didn't know! No. Okay, so she finally realizes the secret. Uh, she agrees to stand by him as Sirens Wail, and Peter swings away, and then the song is called Finale, because it's the end of the show. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I thought the whole time she was knowing that he was the Spider-Man. No, no, no. Okay, fine. All right, so that's the end of That's part of his problem, one. bud. That's why he, like, feels torn, because yeah. he's away, and he can't be like, well, I'm Spider-Man, so be cool. She's just like, why are you never around? You're well, a bad I, boyfriend. I remember that plot point, but I, I feel like the way this synopsis is written, sure. it feels like she knows. No, no, no. But I misinterpreted that part of it. No, no, no. Which is fine. Um, cool. So that's the end of the original version of this sure. weird Here's show. Here's the thing. The second one does away with the with the uh, Greek, or, sorry, the geek chorus. Yeah, because um, and starts with Peter giving his book report about Arachne, mm-hmm. and that actually makes a little bit more sense. Sure, um, because if you want this character, if you're committed to this character, right. that is the way to do it. I no, think. no, no. But here's the thing: um, that all happens, and then that's it. So it just is like a little bit of not foreshadowing necessarily, but like they talk about Arachne. Um, you know, and she becomes she comes into his dream and explains that uh, she is his guardian. Sure, that makes. Okay. And so I don't hate that, that way. As much as I hate it's the not, first thing. No, it doesn't make her a, like an antagonist. So yeah, and then pretty much gone from the whole rest of the show, and it goes and it focuses back on the story. Geek course is gone, so they're not doing it. But it, then it's just a straightforward, mm-hmm. you know, Green Goblin versus Peter, and kind of the uh, kind of what we know, um, you know. So that's kind of it. But like I said, uh, just the retooling of it had to happen and I get, and it makes way more sense of why it's done this other way. So it's just, the other one is just a straightforward, like classic, uh, you know, Peter Parker, Spider-Man where Flash Thompson, still bullying him. 
Uh, he has a crush on his next door neighbor, um, Mary Jane. Norman Osborne becomes the Green Goblin. They, you know, like all ben, Uncle Ben dies. All the stuff that we know happens happens. Yeah. And so it's not like, and it, the first act ends with um, Norman Osborne becoming the Green Goblin. So that like makes way like that, way that's more, more sense. Concise, yeah. And then he experiments on his former employees instead of the like rage kill. Oh. And then they become the villains. So oh. that's how the villains appear. And okay. then, um, you know, that sounds more fun. Sure. And so then the goblin creates an allegiance of villains, like the ones he made. And they go on a rampage, and Spider-Man, like, defeats them. And then um, the Green Goblin arrives at the headquarters of Daily Bugle and tells him to print his plans of dominating the world through genetic mutation. Um, And then uh, the Green Goblin tells Jameson that he made Spider-Man. And so then Jameson's like, well, Spider-Man is in league with the villains. Uh, And then he gets maligned by the media. Mm. And then, um, uh, then the like breakup stuff, blah, blah. Um, he decides that's when he decides not to do it. The Green Goblin takes over the TV signals of the city. Um, you know, like it's, it's all the stuff that we kind of know. He, and sure, that's, don't worry, the piano solo still intact. <laughs> but that's the most important part to it me. It says the Green piano Goblin solo. sits at a piano at the top of the Chrysler building and humorously boasts to the audience of his plan to destroy New York City, which, that makes sense where it's done as like an that actual way funnier to the audience of like where he maybe is in your like, you know, green tails and comes yes, out and I is like, what's that. up? He cracks his um, knuckles and he's into it. Yep. Oh, that's so um, funny to Peter me. tries to bring back good, the good Norman out of the green goblin, which is more canon. Yeah. And then, um, you know, reveals he's got Mary Jane. Essentially, uh, Spider-Man saves Mary Jane. She guesses that he's Spider-Man, removes his mask, they embrace, and then they contemplate a new life together. So huh. the second one makes w- way more sense. Yeah. Does definitely. away with that character of Arachne imme- like immediately. And just, like I said, just makes way more sense. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. It should have been... Uh, that's That story makes more sense. Yep. I just, I will say, like... I think that it's just it tried to be so big and yeah. was failed for a lot of safety reasons. I mean, here's the yeah. thing. Julie Taymor of Lion King fame sure. is on the team that wrote the book. And so you'd think... Then she like, got replaced. Uh, yeah. R.I.P. Um, so I don't... She also directed part of it. And so, like, I just feel like with, with her brilliance on this, it should have been, like, kind of a slam dunk. But sure. there's something about it that didn't didn't really work but one of the things that also we should say julie tamer's alive so lauren just said oh julie i said r.i.p to her job to not, her job not yeah her. not her life sure thank you for clarifying that because sure. i don't A know fun time. um fine <laughs> so one of the things that is notable about this show is that um i had it here somewhere and like now i don't know where it went but it has like the most Oh, yeah. It's described early on as one of the most technically complex shows that Broadway had seen at the time, with over 27 aerial sequences of characters flying and engaging in aerial combat, Uh, which is, like I mentioned at the beginning... Ambitious. Ambitious, and part of the reason why I don't think superheroes need to be on stage, because it's just very difficult and not doable. Um, If you want to see a pretty good send-up of this, or like a little bit spoof, kind of, which hopefully does not turn into reality... 
Uh, have you watched the Hawkeye series on Disney Plus? No. Sure. They do an Avengers the Musical in it. Oh, like someone he, did tell me about that. He goes this. to see yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very funny because it's exactly <laughs> that. It's like, I'm Thor. Like, it's like, it's very <laughs> dumb in that way. No, yeah. Um, it just, they're... I think, like, the Hulk is wearing just, like, a green shirt. Like, yeah. It, because that's all, because these things need, like, they need movie magic. Correct. Right I agree. Yes. Anyway. No, I, I think you're totally right. So that's fine. Um, so it's got 27 aerial stunts, et cetera. Um, the production also included a multiple multitude of moving sets in the middle of like aerial action and things. Um, Bono at one point said it was like a 3d graphic novel. Fine. Um, so uh, yeah, whatever the, the big thing that I kind of wanted to talk about was like how dangerous the shit was. It was like crazy dangerous. Um, six people were injured while working on the first part of it. Yep. Two stunt doubles were injured during flying sequences in rehearsals. Um, and then the safety department from the New York State of uh, Department of Labor reviewed everything in the show, and they got two violations for like sure. really big things from OSHA. Like, sure, that's OSHA bad. find the show twelve hundred dollars or twelve thousand no, dollars. That's, that's bad. like, what, dude? I'm just saying. Um, I'm just saying. Well, I gotta tell you, my favorite fact. Is that this as this was going? Disney acquired Mar- uh, acquired Marvel, so yeah. technically owned the rights. And um, D- Disney obviously has like a huge track record of success. Yeah, you know, like a million things. And they were like, "We're good." Yeah, we don't. We're good on Spider Man. No, like, good luck to you guys. See you later. Yeah. yeah. No, um, the original actress um, who was cast as Arachne, her name is Natalie Mendoza, had a concussion during the first preview, um, but didn't like she like hit her head oh and didn't tell anyone about it until like two days later. Oh my God. And then like against the doctor's advice, she was like, I'm just going to keep performing. Sure. That's a real theater move. What I feel like world? to be like, I'm fine. Yeah. But then she had to be out for like two weeks while her understudy was like filling in because she had a concussion sure um which is just wild um there's a character what do i say in the december 20th preview um somebody fell 21 feet oh off God. of a piece of scenery because his harness wasn't connected to the <gasps> safety cord so he was like free falling into the pit um he was hospitalized um and released for rehab on 28th of December. That's like eight days of sitting. Sure. Yeah. And that performance was ended prematurely because they were like, he, maybe because he, he's like, he could be dead. Maybe he's dead. Sure. Um, which is, but he, I think survived. Um, after rehearsals that, uh, afterward rehearsals for that stricter safety procedures were put in place you think? because dear God. Um, but I don't, I don't sure, he, Oh, is, that, that dude returned to the show sure, good in for April. Him. Good for him. Sure. This Wild. is, this is crazy. It's, I mean, there's just like so, so much. Um, so here's the run stuff. I guess we can talk about. Well, that. this, my favorite, listen. Yeah. This is one of those things. It had a crazy preview because obviously they did one show. They had to fix it so many Took times. it off, took off for a month and then retooled it into the second version, which obviously is better. Yeah. But here's the thing. Uh, too late. Yes. Do you know when you retool stuff? Not when it's already in previews. Nah. You retool it when it's still in a when workshop. It's in workshop. Well, you retool you retool in previews when it's like minimal things. Like, oh, you know what? That makes a little more sense to do it here. But yeah. usually then, even well, and I guess this never had like an out of town tryout. But like, that's when you do those things. Is like not not when you're in previews. Previews are you're adjusting little baby things. Yeah. Like, oh, you know what? And stuff. Yeah, like it's it's that's crazy. Like that is crazy to me that it ran for 182 
Yeah, some runs don't even go that long for actual shows. So the fact that they were in previews that long is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It So it opened um, on June 14th in 2011 um, in previews. And it had the, the record for longest preview period in Broadway history, which was 182 performances of previews. Sure, that's nuts. Crazy town. Um, so it's, uh, let's see. I don't. I can't find when it opened on Broadway for real, though. Sure. I don't know because it closed in 2014. Yeah. Which I can't believe. For two years, nine million for no wait. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, so it didn't last that long. It did, it, here's the thing. It doesn't uh, matter. It they it cost 75 million to produce. Yeah. Guess what? It didn't make it back. Oh, it lost a ton. It did yeah. say the production closed at a massive financial loss. Yep. Huge. It is the most expensive production in history. And. And it was not. I just, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of things going on. It's so here. crazy. Uh, I feel like a lot of their expenses had to be like safety after, especially after people got hurt so many yeah. times. I remember hearing about like when that dude fell 21 feet and they thought he died. Like yeah. I remember like that was like kind of a running thing for a well, while. I was like, man, you could die if you are in Spider-Man. Like, as someone who has done a show with harnessing, yeah, uh, and like flying essentially, and obviously not to this degree, no. but like. They are at you all the time about if you're hooked in, you have you. It's like a it's a huge thing. Yes. So I gotta tell you the fact that a Broadway show, and I'm not saying there's not like mishaps and stuff, but like a <sighs> yeah. Broadway show that egregious is nuts. Yeah. That tells me like backstage or like wherever that was was out of control. Yeah, it feels like it was like mismanaged kind yeah. of horribly. I don't know. Um. It's it's kind of crazy the way that the way it happened. Um, so the first, mm, no, I was going to read some well, critic stuff, but I don't know. Sure, I, opening night June fourteenth, twenty eleven. Closing night January fourth, twenty fourteen. Yeah. Here's a quote. I might cut this part out. Here's a quote from um, I think the New York Review of Books. Okay. Um, and he's talking about the overloaded plot with two unrelated main villains, Arachne and Green Goblin. Cool. He says, a crucial difference between the ancient and modern models of human-to-animal metamorphosis. For today's audience, such transformations are liberating, literally empowering. Whereas for the ancients, they were, more often than not, humiliations and punishments for inappropriate or overweening behavior. Which is true. They, yeah. that, the gods did that a lot. They would turn people into swans and stuff just for being dumb. Um, and then he continues and says, at the heart of the Spider-Man disaster is essentially the essential, inc- oh, sorry, is essentially the incompatibility of those two versions, visions of physical transformation, the ancient and the modern, the redemptive and the punitive visions that Tamor tried heroically, but futilely, futilely to reconcile. So mm. fancy way of saying, it. you're right, that there sure. are two different sides of that coin that I don't think was developed yeah. very well. That's well, like a really good way to put that. I, this brain. is um, my favorite. Here's the thing: it's all almost all the reviews were negative. So yeah, like this so dude bad. trying to work it out is fine. Um, normally they don't you don't do a review during previews, no. but based on the fact that previews were running so, so many. long, <laughs> and it was also a super expensive ticket to go see, critics were like, "We got to get our words out there." And I mean, I don't know. I just yeah, New York Times rank among the worst Broadway musicals. Um, 
Sure. Ooh. Brantley, so Ben Brantley, who's the New York Times uh, uh, theater critic, wrote, in his review of the revised version, Brantley wrote, so is so is this ascent from draw-dropping badness to mere mediocrity a step upward? <laughs> well, until last weekend, I would have re- recommended Spider-Man only to carrion feasting theater vultures. Wow. Now, if I knew a less-than-precocious child of 10 or so and had several hundred dollars to throw away... I would consider taking him or her to the new and improved Spider-Man. Oh my god, that's that's uh, guys. If you damn. ever want to like read a fun, like scathing, honestly, probably unnecessarily scathing review of things, go check out the New York Times. Oh, Always man. a fun time, and nobody minces words there. We should. Here's the thing: we talked about this. We should do a review. We, like yeah. we should do like a couple episodes where we just read reviews and try and guess like what show they're about, because or, like, or just like read them and be like, "This is it." Stay tuned, because uh, I love that. That's hilarious uh, to me. No, it, it's it's truly it, and it did. Here's the thing: it opened well, but it was. And it did okay on Broadway, but it was never going to make back the seventy five no. million dollars they spent to make it. Well, and that's hey, it just goes back to like superheroes, especially at this caliber and at yep. this uh, at this level. Yeah, they they don't need to be on stage. I feel like if you're doing it in like a facetious way, that's one thing. But if you're doing it in a serious way and you're yep. trying to expect the same level of performance and grandeur that you get in a film, Agreed. I just don't think it it's doable well and now i don't think it would ever be doable because of just how massive the films are and how they look yeah you would never be able to replicate that even close not even a little but also bit. we don't need to no, I, there's i there's nothing inside me that wants to see like iron man do a tap number like no. i it's just <laughs> it's, don't want that there are so many interesting stories to tell and if you know, I don't. I don't mind a adaptation of like a movie. I feel fine about that for the most part for most things. But like, ugh. yeah, <laughs> what is this? Yeah, ugh. I agree. I you know maybe a cameo here or there. So a superhero shows up and is like, oh, sorry, am I in the wrong place? Great. Yeah, but no, I don't think I need. Uh, I don't need Thor the musical. Okay. Um, <laughs> on a scale of oh, no <laughs> falling from like a foot off the ground to falling twenty one feet into the pit um being like not good where would you put this so wait the 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 higher the the higher the height is the worse it is oh i feel like i'm at 19 feet um i don't know i don't know just everything about this show sounds scary and dangerous and i like (laughs) sure I like not Julie Taymor. I like her stuff a lot. Sure, she got replaced. Um, yeah, so that's Reef Carney fine. was originally in it. He's great. I like Reef okay. Carney. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, oh, Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Diamio. Diamio. Uh, yeah. I know. Considered. Damiano. That's Thank you, Damiano. Yeah, yeah. she was um, in it. I like her. That's that's cool. Uh, no, no. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I would give it... I'm up with you. I'm at like 19, 20 yeah. feet. I think there are Weird. some good songs. Here's the other thing. For being written by Bono and The Edge... The music is okay. Yeah. I would say it's not great. It is okay. So I would tell you there's some really good songs, like a couple good ones, like some good duets. If you're looking for like a good duet, there's a couple in there. But like by no means is, <laughs> is it, it like yeah. saved by the music sure. somehow. I'm saying you know? 19 feet and you fall into the pit onto a trombone player. Oh. I want to fall. Um, I want to fall into the tuba. Sure of the pit i don't know if there's a tuba i'm gonna guess probably not show, i don't but... think bono's doing a lot of orchestration yeah. for tuba but 
Um, all right. Well, I'm falling into it anyway. I'm so, going to land in the tuba. Sure. This show sounds like a tuba errantly would have been walking by and been killed. So As sure. it gets killed, it just goes... Yeah. Like, <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, that's sad trombone. But yeah. Sure it is. But tubas um, can make those noises too. All right. Well, this was... Uh, I don't know, Lauren. This I mean, was you're not welcome for bringing this to I guess. us. This was not a good show. And we I, had some good laughs at, at Spider-Man's expense. I guess. I guess. <laughs> oh, God. I guess we did it. So <laughs> we're going to exit stage left, uh, pursued by a lounge singing Green Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>